Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Dialed In with Tom Brenneman. Great to have you with us again this week. The Super Bowl is set. How about that? Ready to roll in L.A. We're also continuing our conversation with Chris Myers. I'm sure you, you, you had to find it so interesting last year, the way he got his start last week, the way he got his start and uh, his interviews with O.J. Simpson and being at the World Series during the earthquake, Centennial Park during the bombing, during the Olympic Games. This week, we're going to talk more about his work at Fox. He's done everything, and I mean everything that you could ever imagine, from darts to the NFL to baseball to the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Chris Myers is next. You're dialed in with Tom Brenneman. Since 1882, Children's Home of Northern Kentucky has been a lifeline for children and families in crisis. Now known as CHNK Behavioral Health, its team of doctors, nurses, and therapists impacts nearly 4,000 kids and families every year. An array of mental health services including counseling, addiction treatment, and psychiatric residential care. CHNK also continues to care for abused and neglected youth who are in the state's custody. Right now, CHNK Behavioral Health is offering a free 10-minute conversation with a clinical therapist to help families dealing with the increased pressures caused by the ongoing pandemic. Visit www.chnk.org for more details or for the free conversation with a therapist. Call 1-844-YES-CHNK. Chris Myers, our guest again this week on Dialed In with Tom Brenneman. Last week, uh, we, you know, we talked about the, the bombings in Atlanta. He was covering that story, uh, the way he grew up in Miami and his father and their relationship and, and becoming a sports fan and starting on the radio at 16. And, and then we covered a lot of the O.J. Simpson interview that, uh, that Chris did after O.J. was found not guilty of murder in 1995. The actual murders were in 1994. All right, Chris, you're at ESPN for all those years. Now you go to Fox. Um, you know, in the past, uh, up up to that point, correct me here if I'm wrong, but I think most people, it would be safe to say, looked at you as a studio guy. I mean, you were doing your own shows. You had done Sports Center, Baseball Tonight. You had done the Up Close interview, all that kind of thing. You come to Fox, and you get a chance, yes, to do a lot of studio stuff, but now you're getting a chance to do play-by-play. Is that right? Yeah, you got it right. And, and, and Tom, people label people the way they see it. I think there's more crossover now, even with networks. But I, yeah. And when I started at, at, at Fox, there was some studio, but then I did some, some field report, you know, being on, with you covering postseason baseball, World Series field reporter, uh, NFL sidelines for Super Bowl. So then people saw me as, as, a, as a reporter guy, you know, sideline field reporter guy. Before I get into the play-by-play, so they see certain things, but I think they all relate really well. You see things from the studio, you see things from the field, then you get in the booth. I was late to, to doing play-by-play. Sure. I was a fanatic uh, listener of it growing up, and from from uh, Gant, Ray Gandalf, I believe that's the same. He was the first before Pat Summerall, the short the short delivery of broadcasts, uh, certainly the great baseball announcers, your father, Vince Scully, people that I listened to, uh, Jack Buck, uh, just uh, uh, just a, a kind of a, a freak about that kind of stuff from a broadcast as a kid. And so it, at a point in my career, after doing these other things, I'm thinking, well, it'd be nice to do. I know it's a lot of work. 
but it'd be nice to do some play-by-play. And then that's where Fox gave me that chance after coming over. That was one of the reasons, too, that, that, that I left ESPN to go to Fox to do more things. One of the things uh, that you had a chance to, to be a part of a, a couple of years after you had started at Fox was NASCAR. Uh, that began in, in 2001. Uh, did you know anything about racing? Did you have to learn it? I had to learn it. I, I knew about having just been in the business, interviewed people like Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, Dale Jarrett, some, some of the NASCAR greats, but had never covered it. Didn't grow up on it like I did football and, and baseball and, and basketball. I have two brothers, older, younger brother. They were always car fanatics and uh, they would go to the you know, drag races or they'd try to get me out to, you know, to, to a NASCAR race uh, when we were kids growing up. And so I was around it, but I, and I told the Fox executives, I said, you know, look, I, uh, you should know this, that I'm not a car expert. Uh, and they said, don't worry, you're a TV guy who knows how to interview people and talk to people. We, your studio worked for football, baseball, uh, we want you to be a host. We want to make NASCAR uh, broaden it out to all of America. So, you know, we, we, we satisfy the hardcore fans. Let's get, we'll get you an analyst, a driver, a crew chief, whatever. And what was neat about this, Tom, is it kind of combined what you just talked about, studio guy, and I wasn't play-by-play. We have somebody, Mike Joy, who does that and does it very well and has for years. But I, I combined studio with remote because I would be on the scene. We would be doing this show from the racetrack. So, you know, as you see, team, you know, broadcast crews go on the road for a Super Bowl or special event. We'd be doing this every week. That was Fox's goal. And, and so, uh, I, yes, I had to study. Uh, and I got some time with drivers. I went to the garage. They put me in the car. They went through some things specifically, so I was up to speed. But I was kind of always aware of, of the drivers in the sport. And, the, and Fox's view was, yeah, it's about a car, but we want to highlight the drivers. They're the superstars, the strategy. That's what we want to make the difference. So we want you to drive that. And that's kind of how I got put in that, in that chair. And here I, you know, I'm, you know, 20 years, sure. 20 years later, uh, you know, with a great group, and I've really enjoyed it. And it's, the, it's a really, it's a really fun to me, Tom, like after the NFL, which is that, you know, baseball, basketball, hockey, it is three, four times in a week, a night. You're, you're doing, this is a once a week, big event, like an NFL game. You mm-hmm. lead up to it and then you talk after it. And that's kind of how the, the, at least the NASCAR cup series is. There's other layers with truck racing and the Xfinity, but I liked that about, about this role with, with Fox and their approach to it. Uh, maybe I, well, I wouldn't have been the right fit with another network or their approach, but for Fox, it, it was, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was nice to have a kind of a different challenge, you know, in sure. the broadcast business after after doing all these other things years later. You've done boxing. Uh, I've had people tell me, uh, really, uh, one particular really, really close friend of mine who got invited 25 years ago uh, to a big-time uh, title fight in Vegas. He had never been to a fight. And he came back, and this guy's a sports fan, but not necessarily a big boxing fan. Uh, he came back and he said to me, Tom, there is nothing on the planet, nothing like attending a title boxing match in person. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would say you, you got to have the right. When he says title fight, I think you're talking about a name box. Yeah, I'm right? talking about uh, back uh, in uh, the days of, you know, uh, uh, of, of Thomas Hagler and, and Sugar Ray Leonard and, you know, yeah, that, that yeah. whole crowd. Right, exactly. Roberto Duran and, and yep. Leonard and Hearns. Aaron and, Pryor. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Right. And even going historically, you know, my first interview as a teenager uh, was, well, I was telling you about Miami. I talked about going down to do some interviews. They, they told me to go down to the Fountain Blue Hotel with a tape recorder and interview a guy named Muhammad Ali. He was holding a press conference. 
And, and that was one of my, my first interviews. So my, that was kind of my early, he used to train down at the fifth street gym and in Miami beach with Angelo Dundee for a lot of, a lot of those early fights. I mean, obviously going back to, you know, with Joe Frazier and George Foreman. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, yeah, there was an interest, but yes, I would agree that, you know, the Super Bowl has the, that, that big event, that single, but as, as a, to, to go to a big, you know, let's say it's one of those headline fighters, a, uh, Joe Frazier and Ali, and to be close to the as ringside as you can get. I mean, you know that uh, that is magical. Yes, and and it's almost like being at a Hollywood premiere in terms of the stars that roll in. And historically, you can see when you go back the old clips of of fights, whether when a Joe DiMaggio was 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 coming in or. Uh, you know that, that that type of yep. atmosphere, Marilyn Monroe with with uh, the, so Hollywood celebrities, other other professional athletes would stop and come to these boxing events. And yes, it it has that it has that appeal. But uh, unfortunately, Tom, I did a little bit of boxing, and the state of the sport, and I don't know why or how it it came uh, to this, but you you just don't have those kinds of no, you name don't. fighters anymore. No, you don't. And, and that's, yeah, that's sad because there's good fighters out there. There may be even be great ones, but we don't know it because they're not matched properly. And, and they're not, this, this was going on years ago. We didn't have that, you uni- know, they talk about a unified title. We didn't have that. You know, you need somebody to, to run the league, right. To bring everybody together yep. in boxing, to run the sport. And that's the sad part of this. Too many greedy people in different directions have cost uh, this sport and some great boxers a lot of money in in their careers, I think. All right. I want to shift gears to a a game you and I work together. Um, I've never gone back and watched it. One of these days, I guess I got to do it. And and that's a 2007 Fiesta Bowl. And and look, that's been that's been a while ago. So there, there might be some younger people that don't necessarily remember that game. Um, you know, college football back in those days, you still have the Blue Bloods, and then you have, you know, even the, the University of Cincinnati this year, a non-Power 5 team makes a playoff. But back in those days, Boise State was, you know, the pinnacle of the quote-unquote uh, underdog schools in college football. And they get paired up in this Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma, who's got Adrian Peterson, and they've got all these guys that are going to the NFL. And, and you and I are working that game. It has one of the most incredible finishes in the history of any sporting event. There are some that say it's one of the greatest college football games ever played. I don't know if I'd agree with that because I don't know about historically. But at the end of the game, now you're the sideline guy on that, and at the end of the game, after Boise State scores a touchdown, goes for two for the win, which they run a Statue of Liberty play and actually win the game to beat Oklahoma. Then what happens with Chris Myers? (laughs) <laughs> well, first, by the way, you were masterful on the call because you're right. Boise State was fighting for like America's underdog, right, against the you know Stoops and this powerful Oklahoma team. And if, and the game, as as the sideline reporter, my role, I'm on the sideline when the game ends. Uh, you want to get to the winning you know, star player or coach as quickly as you can. Uh, so that you feel the rush of that moment. And it looks like Oklahoma's going to win it, if you recall. We won't go back and forth over the plays, but then all of a sudden it's Boise State, so I'm running over to that sideline. And then, oh, wait a minute, Oklahoma gets it back, and they run over there. And, and you, I mean, you call this an unbelievable play. So it ends. I run out, interview a player, uh, and they're setting up, remember, the stage because they're going to do a trophy presentation. Yep. We, have a, we have a producer, Mike Burks, who's, you know, you're, you're, you're throwing at me. I do the interview. You're stretching till they get the stage ready. Maybe you take a break. So Burke says, we do one interview. You talk. He says, hey, we have more. They're a little slow setting up, but we need one other. We need another interview. Can you grab somebody? And Ian Johnson, of course, the running back, Boise State, had, was over in the corner. I think we grabbed the quarterback for somebody, but he, 
uh, he was being uh, people. Some people were around him, and uh, he was celebrating. But he had scored that. You know, it, it was just a tremendous finish. You know, through, running in through the end zone. And you and I, we were out at practice along with the crew during the course of the week. So you know some things about players. I know he was going out with one of the the cheerleaders, whatever. But that that was the last thing on my mind. So I run over to him. I just say, Hey, Ian, do you have a few minutes for our our national TV? They're setting it up. To, to, and he said, National TV. Well, I said, Yeah, we're live. He goes, Oh yeah, yeah. Let's 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 do it. But I. Uh, you know, I ought to make a proposal. And, and I thought it was kind of, I thought like a proposal about a college football playoff, right? <laughs> which we didn't have. And, and which, okay. I thought, well, he'll say that he'll say something in the interview. I said, all right, well, let's go live. So I told the producer, Mike, I got him. Okay. Let's go down there. He, he throws to, you know, and remember I'm just stretching the time till the trophies, right? So I said, Hey, great finish. Tell us about the game and Hey, the emotion and Boise state. And, and he's answering, but he's not, he's not addressing his playoff proposal. So I, I think I even brought that. I forget exactly what I said in that interview, but he, all of a sudden uh, I, I see his girlfriend come running over, well, the cheerleader who I thought, think his girlfriend come running over and, and, and towards him and he's going to kneel. So I, and, and the producer, the, the stage is set up now is yelling in my ear. We got to wrap. We, we got to go. And I'm thinking, well, he, this proposal, now it's registering to me. I had to make a split second decision. So do I just leave it and, and whatever? Did he change his mind? So I, I kind of left, not, not, I still get heat for this, said, hey, are you going to propose or what? Something, something right, to that right. effect. Yes, and you're, I know you're up in the booth. You're probably wondering, what the hell is Myers doing? We're supposed to move this along. <laughs> he kneels down. She comes over. He says, will you marry me? And she says, yes, yes. And I, I stepped back out of the way, left the microphone there. And I, I, I remember throwing, Tom, you can't make this up. No. Or something. This is for real. And, 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 and threw it. And by the way, there's a big poster of that moment and the finish of that game up in the, the Fox studios on the executive floor, along with some of their other highlights of through the years at Fox Sports. But we threw it back up. And, and yes, you were, you were like dumbfounded as well. Uh, but like, hey, yeah, this really, you know, this really happens. And they did the trophy. And years later, they did get married. I, I, I talked to him and he thanked me for helping him out. And the ring was back at the hotel. He kind of he wanted to he just got a little nervous and, and caught up with it. And and uh, so uh, it, it was a happily ever after, at least at that point, at least the part we could do. Um, I want to ask you about two more things, one of them being the NFL. But first, the, fir- the first thing that jumps out at me, um, I know you're an animal lover. I'm an animal lover. Um, uh, i got two dogs at home, and, and our family's always had two dogs, three dogs, whatever. Uh, we've had everything around there. Uh, <laughs> but going back to 2017, I mean, you get a chance to broadcast the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Now, i, I got to tell you, as much as I love dogs, I don't see me having – anything in common with any of the people that are presenting and showing their dogs what is that crowd like well it's if you watch best in show which by the way was part of i said like you grew up around dogs part of the family always had them kids loved them so when this when fox got this i was like you know what i i want i want to be a part of this because i i saw the 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 comedy movie best in show i've tried to watch you know, the actual event before love dogs and, and how seriously they take it. I think there's room there for all of it to, to be more inclusive. I forget what we, what we have in common is the dog, our, our love for the dog. Sure. Now some may want a pure breed and some may want to, you know, put a sweater on theirs or go to the groomer or what. But, but the, you know, the, the connection, our, our fantasy, you know, people have little horses. There's a, there's a connection, right. Whether it's betting on them or riding them or you know, that type of thing. So I, I just said, I want to be in there and, and figure out how to, how to be. Uh, and they said, then when they said, well, well you can call the play by play a little bit like the NASCAR thing you asked <laughs> me about Tom, because 
I said, as long as I have a, I need a dog groomer, dog trainer, somebody who's done this, right? Because that's not our dogs. You, you hit them with a hose, you say, come on in. Or, you and so, the, uh, but, but I was fascinated to go again, preparing, you got to learn all, you know, there were a lot more breeds that I ever had heard of or that I could ever afford growing up, uh, which, which again, I found fascinating in the different styles of what they do, how they have evolved over time. And then the, the people part of this, the owners who, you know, this is to some, it's a passion to others. It's a kind of a business. Um, and, and then the amount of work that goes in and, and the ranking system and why Westminster to their credit. And I say this every year, it's the longest running competitive event in our country after the Kentucky Derby. I mean, that's, that's how far back it goes in terms of starting small growing. And it's been that, that important to, yes, to, to be around, whether you want to call it a sporting event or not, it's a, it's a competition. I mean, it's, and and it's not a beauty contest. That's the other thing that is frustrating to people because how can a Chihuahua go up against a German shepherd or it, well, it's, you know, obviously fitting the template. The, the, the breed, the, the exactness, the pureness of the coat and the, and the way it, it moves and the tail. And, uh, so it's a, it's a really fascinating part of it. But yes, I, I, would, I would say that it's an interesting group of people. And in a way, I, I liked that, that it was so different. I mean, the, 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 the kinds of owners and the way they act and interact with their dogs uh, at this particular show. And the judges are at the amount of pressure. I mean, they, you know, the final, the, the final judge for best in show, they have the seven categories, you know, you know, the hound group, the sporting group, and then you get down to your, your seven and then you have the best. They sequester that, that judge. So he doesn't get to watch all the other. That's how careful they want to no be. Kidding. So, so yeah. So that judge is not biased for that, for those final, uh, final seven, but it's a fascinating event. Unfortunately, last couple of years, because of pandemic issues, they've had to move it out of Madison Square Garden where it's been for so long. And, and we had it and this summer. Uh, uh, we'll have it again in Lyndhurst, New York, out near Sleepy Hollow. There's, a, there's an estate that has a lot of room where you can put the dogs and have the show. Uh, and it's a little bit safer, but you lose the big audience that you would have at Madison Square Garden, which packs the house for the, for the two nights. But, yes, it's a, it's a special event, and I, I, I really take pride in it. And, uh, you know, my dog looks just as good to me as the best in show winner. <laughs> like I'm sure everybody's, <laughs> no everybody's doubt about dog. It. No doubt it. about it. At home. Um, yeah. The NFL. Uh, you know, look, I made the comment uh, in the intro to the show before we brought you on. You know, I don't know if the NFL can script anything better than what they had during the uh, divisional round. All four games end in walk-off fashion. Um, you know, I, I know that the NFL took a hit through some of the, you know, some of the social justice issues and, and some of the things that were done or not done and the Kaepernick situation, whatever it might be. But look, uh, it is the king of the jungle. And, uh, yep. you know, it's almost impossible to believe, Chris, that it could get more popular, but, but I think it is. Yes. Yes, it is. And I give the NFL for any missteps – and look, we, uh, there's critics, but they, if you go back when the, we first hit the pandemic, NASCAR stepped out too. It's a little bit of a different type of sport, but the NFL said, we're going to do the, we're going to go with the draft. We're going to, well, whatever's virtual, uh, you got the commissioner in his basement, people having to scout from on zoom from different, and they push things. They, they showed that America, we could do it. We will find ways, whatever 
is going on, we're going to, within the parameters, we're going to find ways to go forward. If we have to have a game without any fans to start, all right, we're going to do it. But we're, we're going to go in the right direction and keep, keep the heartbeat. You know, the, we have a pulse here. We can't just sit around and do nothing. I give them credit for that. That, that, that sure. was big. They, sure. they put, and then they pushed through. You remember when they had breakouts and they had to reschedule games and they had to adjust rules? So that's part of, along with the product on the field, as you said, it is getting bigger. It gets bigger every year. The Super Bowl all audience and now the playoff after this recent weekend of these four games you just talked about with the and, and the quarterback play incredible easy to you know they talk about stars in a sport and they're they're at all levels but to latch on to a Mahomes or a Josh Allen and you got guys like you know Joe Burrow coming along Justin Herbert who should have been in the playoffs and, and wasn't but but just the the uh, the, the competitiveness uh, it, it's amazing. Look, you know, baseball is America's pastime, but but America runs on football yep. today, and America runs on the on the NFL, and that's just the. It's not a knock on any any other sport. Uh, it's just the reality of the situation, and and for all the heat they take, uh, they they keep it going, and and that was a perfect example before, and and the product, even when it's bad, it's good, and you know something good is coming. Whether there's an officiating issue, they they always have something you could talk about, but they always try to correct it yep, and, and they improve do. on it just to keep it going. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right, my friend. Well, I cannot thank you enough for joining us here these uh, last couple of weeks. It, is, it has just been awesome. Uh, you, I, I, I've told people, and uh, you had a chance to come out in my neighborhood uh, outside of Cincinnati uh, last summer, and we had a great time with some of my buddies and wives and so forth. And um, certainly thinking about uh, you and, and Susan, your son Alex, and um, I just can't thank you enough for your generous time, Chris Myers, and continued success. All the best. God bless you, my friend. Yep. Well, you know, you keep up the good work. You have a, a great neighbor, really, really nice people, uh, and and your father too, going way back. And, and it's always been a pleasure working with you through the years, and, and the way you treat people, and the way the, how hard you worked, and devoted to uh, to your profession. So I, I enjoy talking to you anytime, Tom. All righty, Chris. Thanks so much, Chris Myers. Kind enough to join us, and we thank him, and we thank all of you for joining us on Dialed In with Tom Brenneman. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.